What's up guys? Welcome to the living room. I am so excited for you guys to be here, okay? If this is your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. If it's your first time in a long time, you haven't been around in a while, we're so glad that you're back. If you're a regular listener and watcher, thank you so much. We're so glad that you are here. If you, if you don't know what you walked into, if you got amnesia from last week, here's what's so exciting is that this is a conversation about life and faith. And here's what's really exciting that we started this semester. This is live. Like, like, like literally right now as I'm saying these words, you're hearing them. It's so cool. Like, like, like that really just happened like in real time. It's so cool. So anyway, part of what that means about live is that if you see me look down like this, like, like I'm, I'm watching your comments and I'm like, oh, I can respond. So if you have questions. Well, actually, at the end of this, because this is a conversation, I'll try to answer any questions that you may have about our conversation. But it is a conversation, and we want to hear from you. So to make sure that your fingers are working and you stretch them out and stuff, the question that I have for you guys to like practice commenting away is just, what was the name of one of your childhood best friends? Maybe they're still your best friend. I'd love to, to hear that. If you have even a quick story about something stupid or funny you guys did, you can share that as well. Well, this shows you that... And, you know, your keyboard works, your thumbs work, and you watch this. If, now, I will say, we'll post this later, and so this will be, for people who watch this after, this will be pre-recorded. So that slap, okay, was not live. It pre- anyway, it's confusing, kind of like the Matrix. Anyway, but we'd still love to hear from you. You can comment away if you're watching this after. Love to hear from you as well. I'll tell you that my childhood best friend, his name was Sherman, okay? And part of the reason we were best friends is because we were neighbors. And so, like, that was fun that we got to be neighbors and like we did all kinds of stupid things we we went through elementary school middle school and my freshman year high school together and it was his that means we tried to get dates in middle school and you know whatever anyways fun fun times but another childhood story that i have and this is actually going to take us where we're going today and i'm gonna gonna see some of you i see nick you said you had a friend named mike that's pretty dope um i also had a friend named mike growing up so anyway i say mike Probably not. Anyway, mine was in North Carolina. But anyway, where we're going today, we're talking about community and friends are part of that community. But another childhood story that I have growing up was kind of funny is that when I was in first grade, my grandfather came to visit me. Okay. And he came to eat like lunch with me while I was at school. And so that was pretty fun. That like as a first grader, I was like, my grandpa's here. What's up? This is so cool. Well, I then do what any good grandson does and I ask him if I can have some money to buy ice cream, right? Well, he gives me enough money to buy ice cream for me and a couple of my friends. And you know what happened. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to be my friend. (laughs) And so then, again, like a good grandson, I asked my grandpa for more money, more money, more money. Eventually, my grandpa ends up buying ice cream for the entire cafeteria, okay? Everybody that had lunch at that time, he just bought ice cream for everybody, except this one girl, because he asked her, do you want any ice cream? And she said, no. Now, here's where the story takes a dramatic turn and why I remember this. Because we go back to class and this girl's crying, okay? And my teacher pulls me aside and says, Nate, why did your grandpa buy ice cream for everybody except this girl? And I was like, whoa, hold up. Don't disrespect my grandpa like that. My grandpa offered and she said no and this is why the story i don't know why she's one of those stories as a young kid just steered in my brain i can still see her face but the it's funny to me because what it illustrates is something that i think we all experience and that is that we don't like to be left out and this girl got so upset because she realized wait a second everybody i was too embarrassed to say yes and then the whole cafeteria got ice cream like oh and i got left out and nobody wants to be left out you don't want to be left out i don't want to be left out that's true now. 
Another another th- story that like, kind of comes to mind about my childhood is that I uh, I also wanted to be a superhero. And I took this seriously. Like, I know everybody says, oh, I want to be Superman. No, I was serious. Okay? Like, I like I practice. Okay? I'm going to show you how much I practice. I want to show you guys a, a picture from my childhood. Okay? Got to go to my computer real, real quick. But look at this. This was a... Uh, this was me and my brothers, okay? Um, my name was Super Nate, obviously, because I'm, I'm super. Um, and then my brother, the one in the middle there, was Ultra Steven, okay? And then, finally, you have Mega Daniel, okay? <laughs> and so, we were serious. Like, this was, like, not a joke, okay? <laughs> and so, I was, I was very passionate about being a superhero. So... While that was me growing up, I don't know what it is for you guys, but like I, I was serious. Like I really wanted to be a hero, and I think that in some ways that's still true today, right? Because while while we grow up and things look different, we all want to belong somewhere. Okay, we, none of us want to be left out. We don't want to be picked last. We want to have friends. We don't want to sit alone, right? And we all want to be a hero of some sort. Maybe not. A superhero, but we want to be a hero of some sort. We want to have purpose and like, and know that we matter and know that we're like, like, there's a purpose, right? Now, because I'm a stat nerd type person, one of the things that that bothers me, and and and, and I want it to bother you. May, maybe it bothers you because this is true about you, but but there's a stat that two thirds of college students feel like not one person, not one, not one person has their back. Okay, like, like not one person really cares for them. And so if you think about that, and maybe you're in a Zoom class and there's 30 students in that Zoom class, that means 20 of those people in class with you feel like not one person in life has their back. Okay, that's heartbreaking. Maybe that's you. Maybe it breaks your heart because like you're like, Nate, I know what you're talking about. I feel like nobody has my back. Okay, and that breaks my heart. And if, it, and if it's not you, what you need to know is that it's definitely somebody around you Here's the other one that bothers me, and uh, I know these are kind of depressing, but then we're going to go, we're going to end on a high note, but we got to go a little low real quick here. The other stat is that the number one preventable call, like, cause of death among college students is suicide. And, and what that, what both of those stats paired together scream to me is that people don't have a community and people are lacking purpose. Like, like they're like, you know, like they're lacking, you know, to be in the hero in their life. And again, if that's you, that, that I'm sorry that breaks my heart and definitely hit us up if you want to talk about it. But like, even if it's not you, you need to know that's a lot of people. And so why are we talking about this? Because here's why. We all feel this in some way or another. Like we want to belong and we want to be heroes. We want to have a purpose. We want to make a difference. But how do we do that? Because there's a question that we were asking a lot, college students were asking a ton before COVID. Now, what now as we're entering our third semester being impacted by the stupid pandemic, okay, we're asking those questions a ton because like the impacts, we were asking them before, we're still, we're definitely asking them now. How do you have a community? Where can you go to have a community? What does the community even look like? You know, how do you know you're in a good community? How do you find it? And, and we may not be able to answer all those today, but I hope that what we explore today is a starting point to, for you. Now, if you've been around TLR, you've been around Sojourn, you know, like part of what we like to do and what we're going to do here in just a second is like explore faith. Now, 
if you disagree with this stuff, that's totally fine. If you have questions, again, you can ask them and, and we'll discuss them after. But, um, or you can discuss them with me or Sarah at any time. But I want to look at something Jesus said because whether or not you agree with Jesus or you're wrestling with it, if you believe in Jesus, what he has to say here, I think can make a huge impact into your life. All right. And, and even if you're not sure you agree with everything and stuff, that's fine. Wrestle with it. Okay. That's, that's what we do here. Um, but what he, and the reason is, is because what he has to say is so radical and so intense that like, that I think it would make a difference if we applied it. And I think by the end of this, you'll agree. Now, the story that we're going to look at is a common story. A lot of people know it. And if you know it, you're going to be tempted to jump ahead and ask you not to do that. But we're going to just read through it. And then I'll comment on it some. If you actually look what, you know, if you're watching on a computer or your phone, there should be a notes tab and you can actually see where this is written out and stuff. You can read that. But a little background. Um, people liked when Jesus was going around talking, he just made everybody upset all the time. And so people consequently were trying to like trap him and get him, ask him certain questions and be like, ha, gotcha. You don't actually believe in God or ha, you did something wrong. And they're constantly trying to get him in trouble. And so the story we're going to look at starts off with that, where this expert in the law, okay, aka a lawyer, okay, you know lawyers, I'm just dirty, I'm just trying to always take advantage of you, I'm just kidding, I have friends that are lawyers. Anyway, this lawyer comes to Jesus and is trying to trap Jesus by like, you know, asking him this question, like, how do you have eternal life? Which I know is not the question you're asking, not the question we're asking. But Jesus gives him an answer, and then the lawyer asks this question, he says, well, who is my neighbor? And I want to look at Jesus' response to that, because while I know the question we're asking is not, you know, how do you have eternal life? Maybe you're asking, that's cool. But I know we're asking, like, well, how do we have a community? How do we have friends? The fact that Jesus points to neighbors, I think, is really uh, helpful for us. Because who makes up a community? Not your question. Neighbors make up a community. And so this fact that Jesus is talking about neighbors, I think, gives us a little bit of insight here. And so anyway, with all that as a setup... We're actually going to start, if you look in the notes section, it is going to be verse 29. This is found in Luke 10. You can Google this at some point. You can follow along in the notes section. You can fact check me later, whatever you want to do. But we're going to look at this after Jesus and this lawyer have had this conversation. Jesus follows it up talking about neighbors. So in verse 29, like I said, um, he, the lawyer, wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? That's what we're going to look at. And again, if you know the story, don't jump ahead. Stay with me, okay? If you don't know the story, sit on the edge of your seat because it's intense. Here we go. In his reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, anyway. Anyway, he's attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Not good. Not what you want. Not, yeah. Bad, bad luck for that guy. So then what happens? Verse 31. A priest happened to be going down the same road. Oh, shoo. Somebody's coming. Somebody's going to come. Like a priest. Like a priest should obviously help. A priest loves God. A priest is going to come help. Yeah. Okay. Great. Hang on. Check this out. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. Bruh. What are you doing? This man's laying there half dead. You're a priest. Help him. Help him. Okay. Now, I know some of you are like, well, of course he didn't help him. Priests are no help. Okay, and because some of you have had bad experiences with priests. That's, I'm sorry, it breaks my heart. But like, you understand in this historical context, 
priests were seen as these, you know, there are these people that had this relationship with God and they were holy, meaning like like they were good and like their job was to be good. And, and the good thing to do here would be to help this man. And Jesus is making the story of him like, the priest doesn't help? Well, who's going to help him? Jesus continues. So to a Levite, okay. And a Levite, without getting into the history of Israel, a Levite is just another religious person, okay? And so the audience is probably, okay, well, a priest isn't going to help, but a Levite will, because Levite's also a religious person, so he's going to help, okay? She's like, guys, you're jumping ahead. Chill. Hang out with me, okay? So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side too. Bro, okay. We have two religious leaders whose job it is to be good and to help people, and they're not doing it. Which again, in our modern times, we're like, well, watch the news. Like that's not that's not new, Jesus. Okay, but again, in this time, like people, the crowd would have been like, wait, I don't understand why I didn't help. And this is where, if this was a movie, the music would turn <laughs> because this is where Jesus takes it another level. This story is already unrealistic, and Jesus takes this to another level. Because check out what he says next. But a Samaritan. Dun 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 dun. Here's why that's a big deal. Samaritans were hated by Jewish people. The reason is, is that they were viewed as like half Jewish or mudbloods like in Harry Potter. And so like, they just looked down on them. There's huge racism, like even bigger than we see in our country today, like huge racism. They wouldn't allow their daughters to date their men. Like, I mean, it was intense. They wouldn't allow them into certain parts of the city and certain parts of the temple. They were just hated and despised. And as you can imagine, Samaritans didn't appreciate that. And so they were constantly butting heads. And so, if there's definitely a villain in a story, it's a Samaritan. And this is what Jesus says. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was. Surely he's going to rock around like the others. That's not what Jesus says. When he saw the man, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Okay, Jesus, a Samaritan helping a Jew? You expect us to believe that? She's like, oh, I'm not done. It gets even better. Okay. He went to him, then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. What? I'm not done. The next day, he took out two denarii, which is two days worth of wages, so you can imagine working full-time one day, and working full-time the next day, and all that money you make, that's what he pays this guy. So he takes out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus. Okay, I'm glad the story's made up because Jesus, you're not going to expect us to do that. I mean, like, like this is intense for anybody to do, even the priest. Like, the priest could at least kiss him or something, but like, well, the Samaritan did all this. Like, you expect this to happen? Here's how Jesus wraps up the story. And this is where, for us, finding community, where we start to see some answers. Because Jesus then says, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell at the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law? Couldn't even come, couldn't even bear to say Samaritan. He says, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus replied, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise, Jesus. Okay, I know, I know for me, when I read this story, I'm like, well, good thing I'm never on my way to Jericho, so I'm never going to have to see a guy get beat up and stuff. That's not Jesus' point here. Okay, Jesus' point is that we should be this type of person to other people. Now, why? What does this have to do with you? What does this matter? Why, why are we saying this? Is that... All of us, we again, we want to have a community, and we want to, to help people. We want to be a hero. We want to do something, right? Well, 
The way in which we do that is by being good neighbors. And so if you want a community, the way that it starts is by being a good neighbor. Just like State Farm, okay? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So it's not State Farm, you're there, okay? You're there for people. If you want a community, it starts with you. It starts with you being a good neighbor. And you being a good neighbor, okay, it not only gives you purpose, it makes you a hero where you're helping other people, but it starts giving you a community that you're united and you belong to. I want you to think about this. Like, like what I'm saying in the story can sound far-fetched and it's like, Nate, like, you're just as crazy as Jesus. I, I, I knew you're just stuck in that living room all week and then you come on here and you just say crazy ideas to us, okay? But, but before you discount this, I want you to think about this. Imagine if you were part of a community that was so united, that cared so much for each other, that everybody woke up every day and said, our number one goal today and our number one mission is to make sure everybody that I come in contact with and everybody that's part of our community, I want to make sure that they know they are cared for, that they are valuable, that they are loved. Imagine if you received that, okay? For, I know it sounds fanciful, but, like, but imagine if you received that. How much confidence would you have facing trials, facing hard times? How much you, you broke down on the side of the highway, you would have no question, no fear that somebody would be there to help you. Because you'd be like, there's a community that cares about me. I know I can call them. When you're studying for a test and you're stressing out and stuff, you know that there'd be somebody to call it to calm you down. You would know that people have your back. Okay? And so, I don't, I, you know, I may not know everything about you, but I know we want that. We want this type of community, right? But now, giving it, that's hard. Okay? Because we definitely want to be on the receiving end. But to create that community for somebody, that's a different story. And that's a lot more work. Doing, if you were the guy that got beat up in the story, you would love the Samaritan to help you. You'd love whoever helped you out. But for you to be the one that helps somebody, oh man, that's hard work. That's hard work, Nate. I don't know if I want to do that. But, but think about this. It starts with us. I, I, you know, you don't know what hangs in the balance of your decision to help somebody. You ever thought about that? I haven't. So, you know, just to let you off the hook, I haven't thought about it. But think about this. You never know what hangs in the balance of your decision to care for somebody, to call somebody, to text somebody. To, to, you, you see something's off with somebody and you just want to check in on them. You don't know what hangs in the balance. When I was preparing for this, a story that came up that, that like just blew my mind okay, and, and illustrates this point is that there was this RA. Okay? So you can, some of you guys can relate to this if you've lived on campus. There may even be some RAs watching this. Okay? But there's an RA. And this RA had 15 students on her hall. And so her goal for that semester was like, I want to care for and love all 15 of these students. And 14 of the 15 reciprocated it, were, were like engaged, they were happy and stuff. But there was one that was a real pain in the, you know, butt. Um, anyway, there was one that was real pain. And, and so it'd be easy for this RA to be like, well, you know what, 14 out of 15 is not bad. And so just, I'm going to, I'm just going to say, yeah, okay, that's good. But this RA decided, no, you know what? She's gonna take she took the story to heart actually. Like like she she was somebody who followed Jesus. And she's like, I want everybody. I said fifteen. I'm going to make sure that this student knows that I love and care for them, even though they won't talk to me, even though they just ignore me. I'm going to do, go all out in loving and caring for the student. And that student kept ignoring her and kept ignoring her and kept ignoring her. Well, eventually a breakthrough happened. She's like, Why do you keep caring for me? And the RA said, well, 
you know, honestly, I don't know. I mean, like, it's it's hard. You don't make it easy. But, like, I just believe God loves me, and I want to make sure that I love and care for other people. And that single answer changed that student's life so much that that student wrestled with that. Some things changed in life. Fast forward several years. That student became the vice president of an organization called International Justice Mission. If you've never heard of them, International Justice Mission is the largest anti-slavery organization in the world, meaning they um, mobilize governments and organizations and lawyers and law enforcement to free people from slavery. It's a whole other topic, but there's actually more slaves in the world today than at any other point in history. And so this organization, IJM, exists to free people. Now, this student that was a pain in the butt to the RA became one of their VPs and literally helped lead initiatives and organiz- and, and like movement in Asia, I believe, to free literally, not figuratively, literally thousands of people from slavery. And when asked why she's in this work and why she does this, you know what she says? She points back to the RA she had in college that cared for her. Now that RA... That RA faced the same decision that you face every day. That RA faced the decision to say, am I going to, am I like, oh gosh, this student's a pain. This this person I know in my life is a pain. Am I going to invest in them? No. I, I You know, I don't want to. It's just too much work. Like, I, I'm on Zoom. I don't want to FaceTime you. I don't want to do it. Like, same decisions that we face. But this RA made the decision to invest in this person. And then that person, it led to one thing, it led to another, it led to several things. That that, that woman literally is single-handedly responsible for helping and freeing thousands of people in slavery. And so, you know, I don't just say that to be like, this is why I say that. That RA had no idea that that's what hung in the balance. From that RA's point of view, that RA was just like, I mean, I'm just trying to be a good person. trying to. And, and my friend, this is what I want you to hear. You don't know either. I'm not going to tell you that if you call that person, that that person is going to go and free slave and do all this, cure cancer. I don't know. But that's the whole point. You never know what hangs in the balance of your decision to love and care for somebody. We're going to start wrapping up with this, but I want to tell you one more story or one more illustration. Is that everything I've said so far, you can believe or wrestle with or disagree with whatever, but everything I've said so far about like caring for people and loving people, you can do whether you believe in God or not. Okay, totally fine. Yeah, actually, loving God and believing God, excuse me, you don't have to do that to to do any of this, right? You can do this as, however you want. But if you're somebody watching and you say you love God, you love Jesus, I, w- I want to show you something how important this is. Okay, I'm going to give you two, two examples. So most of you guys know I have two amazing kids. They're adorable. They're the cutest, okay? Kinsley, who's five, and Jax, who's one. Literally two cutest kids in the world. Now, luckily this fourth story hasn't happened. But just imagine, if somebody hurt either one of my kids, but we'll, we'll pick on Kinsley, she's the oldest. If somebody hurt Kinsley, like like emotionally, physically, whatever, they hurt her, how do you think I would respond? Okay, I'll tell you how I would respond. It's not going to be pretty, okay? And you're going to hope that I get to you before my wife Amanda gets to you because it's going to be bad. But I would not respond well, but... Somebody say they hurt Kinsley, okay, and they're like, oh, man, I messed up. I hurt Kinsley. You know what? I'm going to write Nate a check, okay, and give Nate some money, okay? Is that going to help? Nope. What if they're like, oh, 
I'm gonna write Nate a song, okay? I know Nate likes music. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ooh, I'm gonna get Taylor Swift to record Nate a song so he's not mad anymore for hurting Kinsley. Is that gonna help? Nope, not gonna help. Whatever they're like, I'm gonna just brag about Nate and talk about how great Nate is. Just on, I'm gonna just talk about how great Nate is. Is that gonna help? No, it's not. The only thing that would help is if, because Kinsley's somebody I care about, okay, and you know this for people who care about, it's not just a parent thing. But the only thing that's going to help me be okay with a person that hurt somebody I care about is if you go and fix things with my daughter. You go and fix things with the person I care about. Okay? It doesn't matter that you're like, oh, Nate, here's some money. Okay? What do you think about this? Reverse. This has happened. My parents, okay, they um, empty nesters and me and, you know, all their sons like me were all gone. Okay, cool. Their superheroes have flown away. <laughs> um... But so what they do is they actually rent room they rent rooms in their house out to college students. And I knew they'd start renting to this girl, but I'd never met her before. Well one day I swing by their house kind of unannounced and Kinsley goes running in and you can imagine this from a father's point of view. I go in and I see this stranger just this, this stranger just hugging my daughter. And my first instinct is I'm like, uh who the F are you touching my kid? Like, what's happening here? But here's what's seared in my brain forever. Is the beaming smile on my daughter's face. And the beaming smile on this girl's face. And as soon as they were done hugging, this girl going, Kinsley, do you want to read a book? I saved your favorite book from last time. And goes and starts reading a book to my daughter. Now, here's the thing. I've said, at this point, I've said zero words to this Girl, I have no idea who she is. I don't even know her name at this point. Okay? But I can tell you, I knew everything I needed to know about her. It'd be like, freaking love that girl. That girl, like, she she could ask me for anything in that moment. I would have given it to her. Why? Because she was loving somebody I care about. And so, if you're mean to somebody I care about, being nice to me is not going to help you. You need to be, you need to fix things with that person. If you want me to be on your team, be on your side and love you and be passionate with you, you love my kids? You love somebody I care about? I'm all for you. Where do you think that comes from? I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from, and, and again, you don't have to be a parent to experience this. Anybody you care about, your parents, your friends, anybody, you know this feeling. That comes from us being made in the image of God. And here's why that's significant. If you want to love God, you want to know, how can I love God? What can I do? Be a good neighbor for somebody. Love his children. Okay. Who's his children? Literally everybody you come in contact with. That person that annoyed you? Somebody God loves. That person that gets on your nerves? Somebody God loves. Okay? And so I just say that because it's so important for you to know that even if you, you know, if you don't believe in God, you can still wrestle with it and do this on your own. But if you're somebody that believes in God and you're like, how, what, how do I, like, how, you know, what do I need to do? How do I show God I love him? Money, music, all the things that sometimes we associate with, that's not it. Loving the people around you, being a good neighbor is how you do that. As we wrap up with this, here's here's why I'm so excited about this. I have so much energy and just passion. I'm just pumped for this. Is that I know at Rick and in Sojourn, there's a wide range of people. And, and I'm looking forward to like, you know, just seeing how the semester unfolds. But I know it's also challenging. I know that it's hard, which is why. In challenges, we have the greatest opportunities to make impact, to help people. And that's what we get to do now. And so my hope is, if you were here last week, we talked about this, and you're going to keep hearing this over and over again. I'm wearing the sweatshirt this week. But we want to rally around this idea of 
Let's be the community that we want to experience. Let's be the community for each other that, that we wish we had. Because this is the paradox of it. You start being the community, okay, then you'll have the community. You start being for other people and caring for other people, you'll be united with other people that have the same mindset. And they'll be there for you. You'll have a purpose and you'll belong because this is what's so important. Each one of you belongs, okay? We love you, we care about you, and you belong here. And we want you to feel that way and we want to help other people feel that way. But as exciting as that is, here's the truth. I can't do this. I can't. Sarah definitely can't do it. <laughs> no, we, neither one of us can do it. It takes, the only way that this is going to be possible is if we do this. We have to do this. But, but my friend, it, it's hard work. You read what the Samaritan did, it's easier to just pass by on the other side. Okay? But if you put the work in into being in the community, you'll have a place to belong and you will be a hero, like a real one. And so, my friend, I hope that that you work towards being for Rick, but we want to inspire you. We want to do this together. We want to just be like, all right, go get them, friends. Okay. And so I'm going to give you some very practical ideas and we'll post some later. But really, it revolves around doing anything and everything you can to be for the people around you, for other Rick students. Because, again, you don't know what hangs in the balance of your decision to care for people. So how can we practically do this? This is just some ideas to spark some ideas. You, you know it better. You know the people better. Okay? And so I believe in you. I think you can do it. Okay? But I want to give you some very practical examples. One, in this time, calling somebody, not just texting them. Like, texting them is good too, but calling people and be like, how are you doing? Like, like really, how are you doing? Maybe FaceTiming. I know we're on the screens a lot. I understand. But really checking in with somebody means the world to people. Writing a note to somebody and just saying, hey, I was thinking about you or, or I noticed you did this and I'm so proud of you or like, you know, you ace that test and I know how hard you worked on it. Good job. And actually mailing that to them, not just texting them, not just email, but actually taking time. Is that archaic? Does nobody do it? Yeah, nobody does it now, which makes it so impactful. And it only takes a few minutes to write a note, stick a stamp on it and mail it. Okay. And it means the world to people. Doing things like, you know, having a game night, whatever that looks like, when we're back on campus and we're all in the cafeteria or Don eating and, and you see somebody sitting alone and going and sitting with them when it being in class and make, you see that one person that seems to never talk to somebody. And, hey, you want to come hang out with us? You want to go do this? Whatever it is, you already know. But we want to inspire you to do that. Because uh, I'll, I'll say this and, and we really will wrap up is that, again, you never know what hangs in the balance of your decision to do this for somebody. But one day, either in the past or in the future or both, you've needed this community or you will need a community. So be that for somebody. Let's go and be that for people. Let's go and be known for it. Imagine, imagine if at the end of this pandemic, we're finally on campus and we're like, hey, guys, we're all finally together, okay? Not only is it great, COVID's over and stuff, but like, but yeah, we knew that we were for each other. How exciting is that going to be to know you were that person that cared for me all those months when we were just on freaking Zoom and now we get to actually hang out? Like, that's going to be a big deal. Imagine if we were known for that. The impact that I have not only on your life, but on those around you. 
That's what we can do. We believe that everybody, and everybody means everybody, deserves to be part of a community that loves and cares for them. So let's be that community. Because if you want to be that community, if you want to experience that community, it starts with you being a good neighbor. So to wrap up and to close this out and really to inspire you to do this, here's our offer because this is how much I believe in this, okay? To, to inspire you to do this, this week only, okay, we are going to, if you do something for Rick and you either DM us or upload it on Instagram, Facebook with the hashtag for Rick, if you do something for Rick and you let us know, not just a raffle, we will literally just send you a Grow Pup gift card, okay? And so it's, it's one per person, okay? So like chilled. I mean, if you want to do 50 things for people, that's great. You'll still get one gift card. But we want to, to give you a gift card for helping people. Now, if you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm still struggling to come up with some ideas, I'm going to show you a video in just a second that is a very direct practical example that you can do. And we will also be uploading examples throughout the week. And so literally anybody, any college student can do this. You can, they don't have to have watched DLR. If you have a friend that like, Hey, you guys want a free gift card? Okay. Go do something for Rick. Okay. And then you get a free grow up gift card. Okay. Um, and so anyway, we'll post that. If you have questions, you can let us know, but I want to show you this video because it's a very practical example of something that you can do for Rick. And it's one of the biggest things we do every year. It's going to look a little different this year, but I'm going to show you guys this video and then we will close out of here, but check out this video. We are so excited for our annual polar plunge that we do in order to fight sex trafficking. But because the world looks a little different this year, we're gonna do things a little different this year. This year, we're gonna do a virtual plunge. And this is what we want you to do. We want you to go to our website, insanityforhumanityri.com in order to register. Right there on the registration page, you can donate to fight sex trafficking. Second, we want you to actually plunge. Now, we can't do this together, but we want you to gather friends and family or by yourself, do something crazy. Maybe you've always wanted to be Michael Phelps. Or maybe you just love root beer floats. Or maybe you can get the entire family involved. Maybe you don't want to get the entire family together. Or maybe you could do something like this. <laughs> but then we want you to post your crazy video online with the hashtag SojournPlunge to show the world what we're trying to do to fight sex trafficking. And then on February 20th, we're all gonna to get together virtually to celebrate. Will you join us crazy people to do something to impact the world around us? Oh, oh. <laughs> I only got out of So, Polar Plunge is something we do every year. It obviously looks different this year because of COVID. But for this week only, if you participate in the plunge, you'll see us post about it. That's one of the things. This is one of the direct, easy things you can do to be for Rick. And we will give you a Grubhub gift card. Are we bribing you? 100%. 
Why are we bribing you? Because we think it's this important. And here's what's so cool is that your donation to the Polar Plunge, if you didn't catch it in this video, just to explain this a little bit more, we are partnering with some people in Mexico that actually put on a safe house for people who've been rescued from human trafficking, something near and dear to our hearts at Sojourn. And so part of being for Rick is helping people see that there is life and things beyond Rhode Island, issues beyond Rhode Island, and that we care for them. And so this is a very easy way. Are you? Do you have to do this? this is the only for Rick thing you can do? Of course not. You can do anything you want to, but we wanted to share that one because that's one just near and dear to our hearts. Okay. And so you can participate in the plan, sign up for that. Um, I will quickly say there's a competition between campuses and so we want Rick to win. So make sure you hop on there and, you know, subscribe to that. Also, our interns are doing it, but our campuses are the important one. <laughs> we want Rick to win. Anyway, we don't want URI to beat us. That'd be embarrassing. So we'd love for you guys to do that. If you have any questions, you can DM us, let us know. I am going to just fill some time real quick because we were going to close out. But if you have any questions, I'll be sticking around and you guys can type some questions in the chat and love to hear from you guys. Um, and maybe I can answer them or Sarah can answer them. I'm actually going to look over at Sarah and see if anybody's asked any questions and get a thumbs up or down on that. See if we got a thumbs down. Nobody's asked any questions yet, but if you have any questions, let me know. While I'm just filling up some airtime, um, I'm only going to do this for a second. If you don't have any questions, we will close out. But again, I just want you guys to know that I'll, we just love you guys so much. We miss you guys, and we really believe in you guys, and we think you guys can be for it. You're going to be great neighbors. We're excited to see how that happens. I believe in you guys so much. It's so exciting. I see some new people in here, people who haven't been here in a while. Thank you guys so much for checking out TL. Or I'm going to stop talking and assume you don't have any questions. If you do, DM us and let us know. But I will close this out. You guys rock what I tell everybody every week is that you need to stay awesome. So I believe in you guys. Go out there. Be awesome people. I already know that you are. But let's do it. Let's do it together. Let's be the community. Let's be the neighbors. And let's be for Rick. You guys stay awesome. See you guys. I just want to leave.